police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified four victims. Killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them. And that he was also a necrophiliac. <laughs> You are now listening to Grinding True Crime with your host, Maddie Mack, Todd Fox, and Gabby Dad. Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of the Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Mack, along with our narrator for today, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show, Gabby. And we are back here live giving you part two of our previous recording, but before we get into that, want to let you guys know where you can find us. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. Follow our page, The Grinding True Crime Podcast. There you can interact with us, and we do respond to your messages. So if you want to interact with us and give us some pointers or tell us how we're doing or tell us how we're not doing, follow us there. If you want to just listen to us, you can go on your podcast stream uh, on Podbean, Spotify, Anchors, iTunes, and Pandora. And for those who are listening to us outside of the country, you can also catch us on Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Also, Todd, we got merchandise, right? Yes, we do. You can just go over to redbubble.com and get some awesome stuff with, uh, you know, the crime stuff that you are so, the new logo, basically, of of our show. (laughs) And you can go on redbubble.com, just type in Todd Fox 80 uh, for right now, and then it's going to be over to Grinding True Crime, and then you could get your stuff there it's at good prices and it helps the show thank you thank you for taking that for us and since we got all that out of the way one last thing to mention listener discretion is advised because i believe todd is going to get into some details about this interesting story that he's talked about in the previous episode so let me hush up and let's give you part two so todd talk to us <laughs> so this is part two of bobby joe long uh, I want to just catch you up real briefly, though, on what happened. If you haven't, if you don't want the spoiler alert, go back to part one and listen to that one. If not, a real brief summary is the fact that Bobby Joe Long had plenty of head injuries and a rough childhood, which led to him uh, having an overzealous sexual drive and a murderous appetite, rapist appetite at first. And um, he basically acted upon his abusive behavior. And hurt a lot of women in the process before finally, where we left off in our last uh, podcast, uh, he killed um, uh, his first victim and, uh, you know, left her in a field. And this is where we're going to pick up. So, again, that's a brief summary of what's happening in Tampa, Florida. But this is part two now. So, as I caught you up on the brief, you know, the synopsis of what happened in part one, we now move to after his first victim... Uh, was discovered by kids in a field 10 days later after Lana's body was found um, four days after uh, or 10 days after her her body was finally found I'm sorry uh, Bobby Joe Young was watching TV and in his mind he did not really fully comprehend the fact that he murdered the woman this is just what he was saying afterwards so he wasn't he didn't believe it he didn't believe it like he thought maybe he dreamed it. He thought that he had mm. let her go. Mm. Okay. Um, 
because remember he had raped almost 50 women at this time you know mm. so um this was his first murder but when he saw it on the news he realized oh my god i did do it so Dang. it set something off in his mind to where instead of being scared of what he did he'd nor he did not want to go back to just raping women and letting them go now he wanted to rape and murder well he's triggered mm-hmm so he figured to himself the old saying if it ain't broke don't fix it don't fix it mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so he figured you know what let's let's try this again you know it worked one time let's do it again wow so, yep so four days after he saw the news reports this is two weeks later may 26 1984 bobby returned to nebraska avenue where he picked up the first female luana and uh it's the lowly area in Tampa Bay, which has pretty much a drug infested area, prostitution, strip clubs, things like that. Your red light district, basically. You get them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so he went down there for another victim. Uh, he was looking for a sex worker and found one, Michelle Williams. She was 22 years old. Uh, Bobby pulled up next to her at the side of the road to ask her for a ride. Uh, she asked him if he was looking for a date. So instead of being nice, he's like, you know what? Yeah, let's let's have sex. So um, she hopped in the, the car. No questions asked. And what do you think happened? I'm going to say immediately he pulled out a knife or a gun and told her what's, what's happening. Gabby? I, I'm going to go with Matt. I don't know. He he did he uh didn't pull it out right away, but about five minutes later he did. So Matt Matt and you guys are like right on. Well, look at here, look at here. Mm-hmm. Hey, Todd, what Matt said. Oh, okay, <laughs> there you go. That's, that's a old school. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's very old school. That goes back to the first couple episodes where it's like, hey, I agree with him. Don't do that, man. <laughs> Don't do that, Todd. Todd. Only the the real real listeners know who that was. Don't do that, Todd. I'm sorry. I agree with Matt. Stop it. Stop it. I'm sorry. I went off off on that one. My bad. My bad. Gabby started it. Gabby started it. I know. Dude, it was supposed to just remind you, not announce. <laughs> well, I'll think about editing this, but probably not. I'll leave it. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he pulled out the gun on. No, he pulled out the knife on her. Oh, the knife. Oh, yeah, he pulled out a knife on her, and um, the rest was history. The, the her coworkers that saw her get into the car with the gentleman, unfortunately, never uh, got a good look at the car or the plate. Just the fact that that was the last time they saw her. Uh, her body was discovered the next morning in the weeds um, just outside of town. Um, she was half naked, legs spread, rope around her neck, and um, what is it? Her, her hands bound behind her back. And um, she had been raped, and they found eerily her blood-stained pantyhose hanging from a tree just right over top of her, like blowing in the wind. Dang. Yeah. Oh, he really, he really made sure she was dead yeah he, he made sure she was dead and he posed her body so um and you was... know what in our last episode you know I, if you guys heard it 
Todd was mentioning, and I said I felt sorry for this guy from his upbringing. But before we ended it, Todd said, you won't feel sorry for him later when I break it down. And so far, Todd, you are right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This guy is a true problem now. Um, he's he's going to get cold, man. He's going to get worse. He's going to get worse. Really? Yeah, this is just the tip of the iceberg so far. Um, the problem with this murder is they found three different ways that she died. Um, oh, uh, dang. Yeah, the, or they, or they, yeah they, they couldn't decide which one was the way that she died. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, it was not determined. Number one, the rope was around her neck. So they, they figured she could have been asphyxiated. Um, number two, there was blunt force trauma to the back of her head. So she was, she was hit over the head with some sort of metal object. Um, so that could have killed her too. And then three, her throat was slashed. Dang. Yeah. So, um, meaning she endured one hell of a violent death. Man, she suffered a lot. And that's jacked up, man. Yep, yep. That's cold. And there was evidence that she fought for her life as well. Uh, scrapings under her fingernails, things of that nature. Even though she was tied, she, she fought him prior. Um, now, at this point uh, this, of the story, uh, the first half, there was some bungling cops as we got into. But then there were some okay. good detectives later. Okay. Um, but just to give you a fair warning in advance, uh, right now there there's going to be some good detective work, and then there's going to be some bumbling cops. Then they'll then they'll finish out with some good detective work. <laughs> so there's, there's going to be a sandwich <laughs> of bumbling cops. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but the detectives in this case were smart enough to look around the area of the scene, and to also match the uh, fibers that they found on this body again. As you remember, Lana's body had these red. Uh, car fibers and mm-hmm. uh, also at the scene there was weird tire treads from one really weird tire that did not match the other three the same two were on this car now the other murder happened all the way across town and the Tampa police actually worked with the other Tampa police and were able to realize hey we got the same kind of stuff here mm-hmm. so oh, connecting, huh? yeah, yeah they actually connected so surprise surprise um they also sent the stuff to the FBI labs. So both police departments worked together, sent the stuff to the Florida FBI lab. And a week later, they were able to determine that the fibers and the tire tracks from both scenes were complete matches. Wow. So now they knew they had a serial killer. And so they're on to something. They're on to something. And they believe that this dude was a rapist, too. Sort of like, I think he's a classified rapist. The FBI did a profile, you know that show Profile, or mm-hmm. Profiler. Yeah, they did a profile, and uh, they they basically nailed it. They said they're looking for a white male with military background, a ch- a tough childhood, a difficulty with women, and an uncontrollable sex drive. So well, that narrowed everything down. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's crazy how they can determine all that just by evidence. Yeah, exactly, right? And, I mean, they, by tendencies and evidence. That's crazy. That's just crazy. Crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, it, the actions of a person shows their character, so. But my thing is, how military? Like, what evidence? Probably the way he tied her, the way he cut her, mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, I think Gabby's right on that. You learn all of that. Mm-hmm. That's possible. Okay. 
so with that being said, the FBI was getting all this information together at the same time to work along with the Tampa Bay police to try to find this killer and rapist. And they're, they're on the hunt, you know. But despite all this, on June 8th, 1984, Elizabeth Laudenbach, 22 years old, was not a sex worker, but was simply trying to get home out of the rain on a hot, humid night in uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, he drove up next to her, being uh, Bobby, and uh, said, hey, I want to get you out of the rain. You're in heels, or not heels, uh, shoes, or no, what are those, uh, not shoes, what are those, flats. And, you know, she's getting soaking wet, so he, he tried to come off as a gentleman. And uh, she actually got in the car and said, hey, thank you for the ride, but don't try anything. I'm just trying to get home. He's like, huh, not me. I'm a good guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. She already set the tone. Yeah, yeah I'll she... get in the car with you, but don't do nothing. Exactly. I'm just in the car with you. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, if it was another female offering the ride, I mean, maybe you take your chances there, but still. Yeah. Um, True. But the same th- kind of things happened. Despite her warning, despite um, him saying, I'm a nice guy, he pulled out a knife, um, you know, had one. I don't know how he does it, though. Driving with a kn- and then holding a knife to the person at the same time. That's exactly. I don't know. But he, he accomplished it and um, he drove her to an orange grove, uh, you know, tied her up in the back seat of the car, uh, you know, did all the same things, physically assaulted her, beat her, raped her. And uh, he actually says that he wanted to release her because she wasn't a prostitute. Like she was just a normal, you know, tax paying citizen. Mm-hmm. But at some some point, uh, she began resisting him to where it just pissed him off enough to where he was like, you know what? Screw it. And he strangled her and choked her out in the, oh, in the car. Dang, man. Yep. So she almost got out. Yeah, he almost let her go. Um, but unfortunately, something triggered him, and that was enough. And so he took her out of the car, posed her in front of a, uh, underneath the orange grove tree, and then, um, you know, decided to drive away. But what was different in this one is he went into her purse and found a credit card, and he began to use it and make several transactions in the Tampa Bay area. Uh oh. What a dork. Mm hmm. Uh-oh. So <laughs> when her body was discovered, uh, they figured out uh, when they started to do the investigation, her card was stolen and used several times in the Tampa Bay area, like I said. But the police decided this is a little different. Maybe um, some of the cops were, like, fighting each other because they were like, well, in the other case, they <laughs> did not use the credit cards. So I think I think this is a different killer. <laughs> Even though the bodies posed the same way, tied up the same way, um, basically under an orange grove, again, another tree, stuff like that, mm-hmm. they still were, like, fighting each other and saying, nah, this, this one's different. He used a cod. Well, just because of that credit card, it, it, it kind of took a swing of things. Yep. But, wow. but the FBI came in and said, no, 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 guys. Relax. <laughs> <They're>... <laughs> we found fibers. The same as the other two. And we also found the tire treads were the same exact in the dirt road. So you guys now have three on your, you know, on your. Uh, and they're what like, kind I, of tire is it? Like what? What? It's basically three regular tires that are same tread, but one that just has a real distinct funky tread. Wow. 
And so the the FBI was like, no, you, you have a serial killer. Are you sure about that? <laughs> like, yes, we're sure. <laughs> I don't know. And they're like, just believe us. We're the freaking FBI. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's all you dang oh. scientists and big city people think you know everything. <laughs> so, yeah, there is those type down in Tampa. So I'm just saying. Not, oh, yeah, I'm in Florida. And, yeah. And, yeah. Florida crazy. They do have those southern uh, guys down in Florida, I'm just saying. That's right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yep, yep. Dang, so, man. So he that's uh, so far three bodies that he didn't took. That's three, yep. That's three. Plus, plus the fifty rapes from the previous. Mm-hmm. He's continuing. So um two months go by to be exact. And um fast forward now to September of nineteen eighty four, he's taking a break. You know, he, okay. the, the police the police have uh, been ramping up their patrols. The FBI is involved. He's kind of laying low. Okay. And um, he's cooking himself some dinner, and he's like, man, I'm out of soda. So he goes to the liquor store, has no intentions of killing anybody. But he happens to see a woman by herself on that September 9th, September 30th to be exact. And her name is Chanel Williams. And she was just released from the Highland County Jail like two days prior. She was only 18, and uh, she was a she was on bail for uh, sex work and drugs. And uh, she happened to be walking home, and he did the same thing. He's like, "Hey, you know what? Uh, all right, do you want to, you know, have sex? You know, go behind so and so's place?" And she's like, um, "No." She goes, "I'm not a sex worker." And um, here's my thing. Okay. Yeah. Like, and if Gabby, if you know a woman as a woman, if you're accused of being a sex worker, wouldn't you take offense if you're not? Yes. Apparently, she didn't because after he asked her for sex and she declined, saying she's not a sex worker, um, he's like, "Well, I can give you a ride anyway." And she's like, "All right." She jumps in the car. <laughs> so I mean, why? Well, I mean, the suit fits, you know. I know, but she. <laughs> It's like she says she's not a sex worker, even though she had been put in jail for that prior. But that would offend me, and I'd be like, "Well, I'm not, you know, in the business right yeah. now. Go, go no, about your way." That's what he's looking for. I'd be like, "Yo, go away." Mm-hmm. Why but would I, you trust a man that's looking for sex? But that's what I'm saying. If she's if she denied it, and then he's like, "Well, you know, I'll give you a ride." And she's like, "Oh, okay. Well, then." Come on. That's what I'm saying. She, you got to use your intuition there. I know. Unfortunately, as an 18-year-old, maybe she just didn't have it because her body was discovered a week later oh. in the field, ravaged by animals and birds. Dang. Yep. So yep. she was all chewed up? She was all chewed up. Um, they were, and then once again, the FBI was called in because anything that resembled a murder like this, the FBI was, you know, they had their task force and they went down there and they found out, hey, Treads, same damn thing. Same fibers on the body. Um, apparently, that red carpet was very shaggy and had a lot Must of loose. Be. Yeah, because there was fibers all over this woman as well. Ten days later, you know what I mean? Um, or a week later, I'm sorry. And um, she had a, a rope around her neck too. Same thing, posed. Same damn thing. So, this makes four women now. Imagine being one of those detectives and seeing another body and then another body and another body another body like what would go through your mind if you was in a 
detective knowing that there is someone out there just taking these women out left and right oh i'd be pissed because then like i would i would like relate it to my daughters or i would relate it to a family member or mm -hmm. someone like, like or just be like hey man this is someone's daughter this is someone's sister and, you know this is pissing me off this is my community and this is happening so i mean yeah i'd be i'd be floored i'd be you know that's why i think a lot of these cops the the good ones they'll work 24 36 hours straight because they're they're pissed they want to catch yeah. the dude my thing is too like have a stakeout you know you you know based on the evidence that these women are either prostitutes sex workers or whatever he's targeting a certain area or certain people i will have undercover cops in certain areas that i know is known for sex working and have a stakeout even i might go out myself you know but that's just me well here's the thing they were doing what you were saying and he was still getting around it get out yeah they, they had stakeouts they were in that red light district and for whatever reason they either missed him or they were in the wrong place at the wrong time they were looking for the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, could be. So, Dang. This, despite all this, October 13th now, another date. Okay, um, hold on. At this point, they haven't put anything on the media? Uh, the media does know that there's something going on as far as killings, but they have not announced that it's a serial killer, no. Got it. Wow. Yeah, and they're, and they're not releasing the fact that they have fibers. They're not releasing the fact about the tire treads. They're keeping this all very hush-hush. But don't you think the media could have helped if they broadcast it? <clears throat> I think they were scared that if they put it out there too much, that they would give away their hand, that they knew what they knew. And, oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And plus you have a lot of these idiots out there that are copycats or that just want the attention and they'll cop to it. So it wastes true. their time, yeah. True that. But um, after this one... It really hits the news. Um, October 13th, despite the efforts, all the stakeouts, um, Karen Disfriend was picked up by him. She was a uh, sex worker, and he drove her to the Orange Grove, where he bound and raped her in the back seat of his car. Same M.O., did the same thing. But as he was going to dump her, he heard a lot of noises in the background and feared that someone saw him. So he turned off the car lights sat there for a few minutes, got really frustrated, and then went to the back of his car, pulled out a blanket, wrapped her body up, put her in the back of the trunk, drove across town to another orange grove, because there's orange groves all over that Tampa Bay area. Mm. And uh, then he proceeded to let her out of the uh, car into another orange grove under another tree, dumped her body, and posed it the same identical way again. Uh, hmm. The next day, farm workers found her body and called the police. Uh, Karen's body was beaten really severely this time, though. That's the Dang. only difference. Yeah. Dang. So he was beating her while having sex with her, at I guess, at some point. That's cold. Mm-hmm. And um, so that makes five. They found fibers, the same same MO, everything. Um, move along now. It's Halloween night, so about almost two and a half weeks later um, on 1980 uh, in 1984 on Halloween night uh, kids and families were going by the uh, uh, highway 31 and uh, it's you know I guess they made a detour into another neighborhood 
and they came across what they thought was a Halloween prop. But it was a mummified body that had been there for two and a half weeks of 22-year-old Kimberly Hawks. What? Yeah, she was there for two weeks. Uh, huh? No, she was reacting. Oh, okay. What? Yeah, uh, they said that the, the body was... They didn't didn't have didn't have any fibers on it, but and it looked like it was pushed out of the car in a haste. So it wasn't like the other ones. Her body was imposed, but they contributed this one to the serial killer because of the ligatures around her hands and um, uh, over her. Uh, or no, there was no strangulation, but there was ligature marks on her hands, and they did find a couple of fibers. My bad. So wow. yeah, they chalked this one up to the serial killer. So that's seven? That's six right now. That's six? That's six. Good Lord. Yeah, he's he's on a roll at this point. And this so is it, oh, Yeah, ahead. it's nonstop for him right now. Mm-hmm. So this is this is um this is all in nineteen eighty four. So he's hey, killed six man. women. Yeah. So now we shift the story over to the uh, a woman or a uh, a girl, which is her name is Lisa McVeigh Noland. Okay. She was born in 1967 in the Tampa Bay, Florida area. Okay. She has two sisters, and um, she her mother is a drug addict, and so she's living her life in a in a messed up household. At the age of 14, her sisters are are uh, separated because of the mom's drug use, and um, she actually goes to rehab, and the kids are taken into custody. Uh, they go to other family members, but she winds up going to her grandma's house, who her grandma at this time is 60 years old. Um, while at her grandma's house, her grandma's boyfriend, who is in his 50s. Um, what? Yeah. Okay, grandma. Well, this guy is a piece of trash. Oh, never uh, mind. Yeah, yeah. No, no, grandma. This is a bad one. No, grandma. <laughs> yeah. Um, he begins to uh, sexually molest Lisa. What? Yeah, he'll he'll crawl into bed with her, do things. The grandma finds out, and because not wanting to lose the man that's a drunk and a rapist and a molester, uh, says nothing and actually slaps Lisa around and says, keep your mouth shut. Wow. So the grandma finds out that her granddaughter is getting molested by her boyfriend, but then does nothing to the boyfriend but punishes the girl exactly well welcome to their family yeah and and here's here's what it is is this poor girl endures this for three years and she's 14 she's 14 at the time and we're gonna fast forward to 17 now good lord yeah she endures this for three years um and she's constantly threatened by both of them He'll, she'll be outside and the boyfriend would come up to her and like run his hands through her hair and be like have a nice day at work because she works at a donut shop and wow. it's like it makes her cringe so much you know what I mean that's nasty man yep it is disgusting Ew. so she's struggling with school her mom gets out of rehab at the same time gets custody of the other two girls but the courts are holding up her and to go to come back home she tells her mother and her mother says you're a liar you're 
you know, you're, I'm surprised you haven't run away. You're just in it for, you know, you're in it for the boys. You're, you're, you're a carbon copy of me. You're going to wind up a druggie. The mom's just a total piece of work. Wow. Just, just a total jerk. Um, the grandma ain't much better, you know, obviously holding back everything else. Mm -hmm. Um, so McVeigh, she actually gets a job at the donut shop. She's working like nights. She's doing good. Um, the customers love her. Um, she's the, the, the manager says, I want to give you more hours. And he actually gives her a promotion and says, Hey, I'm going to give you a raise. Um, you know, you're doing really good. You know, you could work the cash register, all this other stuff. And she tells him something very eerie. She says, um, she says, you know what? Uh, thank you for having faith in me. She goes, nobody has ever had faith in me. And thank you for being so nice to me. People just aren't nice to me. And so he like looked at her weird. And then he's like, are you going to be coming to work tomorrow? And she's like, yeah, I'll be here. And then he's like, okay, just, just keep your head up. You know, like, like he was really nice to her. He really liked yeah, her, yeah, yeah. the worker. Yeah. So she gets on her bike and she rides away. Now at the same time, this is all after the October 31st. This is in November. This is November 3rd. And uh, who happens to be seeing her bike ride home? Uh, oh man. The same bastard. Yep. Yep. He sees her bike riding home and he gets an idea. And uh, he grabs her off her bike because what happens is he first sees her, turns around, passes her on as she's riding her her bike, and she's freaking out because she's like, "Dude, that guy looked at me weird." The car races off into the into like, a few blocks away, so sees the car turn, so she's like, "Well, maybe he's just a jerk, and he's he's gone now, right?" Mm-hmm. As she's riding down a couple more blocks. She sees the car on the right side of the road with the lights on, but nobody inside the car. And then she kind of pulls to a stop, looks at the car, and just like out of a horror movie, Bobby Joe is across the street. He makes a beeline and just takes her off of the freaking bike. He's behind her. Yeah. And he shoves her into the car, rapes her in the parking lot, and then he ties her up slaps her around a little bit but then decides you know what at this time he's ha- he has an apartment by himself off the grid mm-hmm. and it's got like an upstairs uh what do you call it an upstairs uh room he ties mm-hmm. he ties her um uh, what do you call it a uh, uh, blindfold around her, her eyes mm-hmm. takes her upstairs but as she's going upstairs she's counting the stairs and he walks her into the room. And remember, this dude's got an enormous sex drive. Mm-hmm. He rapes her all night. Oh, wow. And several times. And to where one time she's like, can I please use the restroom? Can I please use the restroom? He's threatening to kill her the whole time. And um, he knows that she's underage. So that's why he's keeping her. You know, like he the fact that she's not 18. He's enjoying yeah, yeah. it. You know, and um she finally convinces him to use the restroom. Now she had a ring on her finger mm-hmm. and she, she's so smart that when she gets into the restroom, she takes off the ring and puts it underneath the toilet, like behind the toilet, like on the pipe. Mm-hmm. And then she looks at a pair of shoes that were sitting there 
and realizes they were a pair of Adidas white shoes. Mm-hmm. And she's noticing other stuff, and then she purposely cuts her finger and puts it on the tile behind one of the sneakers. So oh, she's, wow. she's thinking ahead, and she's so smart too that when he's like, "Get out of there! You've been you've been in there too long," he drags her out back to the thing, and she and he's like. And she starts talking to him like, oh, my God. She goes, I, I really enjoyed the sex because the whole time she's not crying. She's just taking it because she's been used to being raped. She's been used to Exactly. And she's trying to use her smart way of thinking to persuade him that, hey, you know what? I like this. You know, just treat me right, blah, blah. And I, I can do this. I, I can be with you. Mm-hmm. And she, he's, she's keeping herself alive to where... She's like, you must be thirsty. Can I please get you some water? And he's like, why do you want to get me water? Because you're thirsty and I'm enjoying this and I want to do something for you. You're doing something for me. I want to do something for you. Mind games. Yeah. And he starts Yay. to he starts to play into it. So he lets her get some water. Even with a blindfold on, she can she's looking at the you know at the floor. She's trying to picture things, keep things in her mind. He gets her. Uh, she gets him the water. He's happy about it. Um, you know, he, they cuddle, he's, you know, she's spooning with him, like everything, like, and he's enjoying it and he's, and he's telling her after a few hours or, or like almost a day later, you know, you're different from the others. And she's like, well, because I'm getting feelings for you. Like she's telling him everything he wants to hear. Dang. Yeah. She's keeping her, she's not crying. She's not losing it. She's just staying alive. Yeah. She's trying to preserve herself big time. And so um, they start talking, and and she's and he she's like, you can trust me, like I want to come back. And he's like, I can't let you know where I where I live. And he's like, I'll take you out, I'll leave you at the park. He goes, but you cannot, you cannot tell anybody. And and then he goes, but I want to see you again. And she's like, I want to see you again too. But she goes, I have to take care of my grandmother. She's sick. She's got nobody else there. Otherwise, I'd stay with you. And so she's using that card, right? Mm-hmm. So finally, hours later, this is almost 36 hours into her abduction. Oh, dang. So she's been gone almost two days. Yeah, she's been almost gone two days. At the same time, there is a police report put out by the grandma. And there is also a uh, the, the donut shop guy has been like, you know, wondering where she's at. And... Um, what happens is he agrees to take her to the park. She's blindfolded, tied up, but he unties her, puts her on her knees in front of a tree and says, look, give me 10 minutes and then you can go. Do not look back. And he has a gun to her head. He puts a gun to her head and says, I don't want to do this. I like you. You're different. And I'm going to see you again, but do not look at me. And, and she's like, okay. And so he walks away, gets into the car, he drives off, and he can't believe she never turns around, nothing. But then she gets up a little too fast, and he comes back around the park, and he told her to wait 10 minutes, and she was already running towards her house. So he actually gets in the car into the park. He tries to chase her down, but she gets through a couple side gates, and she winds up running home. Wow. Yeah. So he she Just loses like from her. a movie. Just like from a movie. So she makes it home. Knocks on the door. Nobody answers. She breaks through a window at her grandma's house. Gets inside. The grandma gets up. The boyfriend get up. They confront her. She's all 
like beat up, dirty, everything else like that. And the grandma's like, where the hell have you been? And she's like, I've been raped. I've been this, I've been that. What do you think the grandma says? Stop lying. She accused her of slutting around. <laughs> Both of you are correct. Two for two. <laughs> what? Yeah, she laid into her saying, what are you doing with your friends? I know you're sleeping with so-and-so. Why the, you know, you're just a runaway. You got us all scared. We filed a police report for nothing. You're a waste of space. And then the the boyfriend's like, oh, my God, what a slut. (laughs) See see right there? I'll have to kill all of them. Yep, yep. (laughs) I've been through all this torture, and then this I'm getting tortured at home? I almost died, and then... I ought to grab the knife and slit them them right there. (laughs) Yep, yep. And so here's here's the problem though. So when they when they filed the police report with all the killings going on, the kidnapping department was working with the FBI and they have to follow up. So she called back and said, "No, my slut granddaughter came home. She's just trying to, you know, to, you know, she was just trying to admit or not admit that she was out with her friends." So she calls, you know, she calls them back and they're like, well, you filed a police report. We have to investigate. So right away, the grandma, after she gets off the phone, is like, you know what? They're going to be here in the morning. You better keep your mouth shut. I don't want you to say anything what goes on here. And you just tell them the truth, which is that you're a whore and you're no no good teenager. Dang, man. Yep. What's wrong with grandma? Grandma's on one, dude. She must like that good good from the guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the... um. The uh, boyfriend's like, yeah, you know what? You better not say nothing. And as he's drinking a beer with his gut all hanging out. And um, so she she, she plays again the mind games and says, I won't say nothing. Mm-hmm. And so the cop comes the next day. And when the grandma starts talking to the cop saying, just wave it off. It ain't nothing. She's back. She runs out the house and proceeds to, to get on her knees and start crying. And the police officer's like, the hell? And so, like, she tells him everything, and she's like, please don't leave me here. I got to talk to you guys. And basically, he takes her downtown, and the grandma's pissed. And uh, That's good. Yeah. But here's the problem. That detective, not a good detective mm-hmm. off the off – the, uh, Oh, okay. oh come on, man. Don't yeah, tell he, me. He starts saying, you know what? The, your history, your grandma's telling me, you know, this, this, and that. Um. Yeah, I, I just I'm not believing your story. Your story doesn't sound right. And she's like, no, no I be, believe me. He had me blindfolded. She's telling him word for word what happened, and he's like, she's like, I don't, I don't get this. You know, like it's just it's not making any sense. And the story sounds fabricated to him, and she he's thinking that she's basically making this up for attention, and. Um, one of the, uh, you know, uh, she's like, please just look, check with, uh, and you know, and so, the, so the detective does say one thing. He's like, you know, I'm going to check with uh, her story out with one of the, um, with her work. So he drives down to the donut shop. While she's there, they have two female detectives come in. Mm-hmm. And they, she thinks that these female t- detectives are going to help her out. And they're basically listening to her story. And they're finding it far-fetched. And they start to doubt her and say, you know what? You're lying. What? Yeah. They're like, hey, we have we have uh, support groups that will help you if you're looking for attention and stuff like that. Wow. Mm-hmm. So 
her demeanor, she feels defeated. She's on the couch. But at the same time, the detective goes to the donut shop and says, hey, I want to ask about uh, one of your work, your uh, workers, Lisa. And then he starts giving her a good rap and starting to say, yeah, you know, she left that night and I haven't seen her since. She's missing, you know, this, this and that. We're worried about her. She's a good person. She's col- He's collaborating a lot of what he- she was saying. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, long story short, the detective makes a call to one of the detectives to, you know, or, or one of the female detectives. And they're like, oh, she's BS, you know, like we're done with her. And then the detective finally wises up and says, you know what? Just for the hell of it, I'm going to ask one of the detectives that's working on the, those murders to talk to her because this is a rapist. Maybe this has a, there's a connection here. And by doing that, one of the detectives came over. He has a daughter the same age. Mm-hmm. And he begins to talk to her. And she says, she tells him the entire story again. And two things uh, were, were uh, what do you call it? Um, came to his to uh, her mind and the fact that the the model of the car and there was red fibers in the car like on the, on the oh. carpet yeah and so right away the the cops like wait what there's red fibers and then they start like they're like do you have any of these you know where are your clothes so he confiscates her clothes and magically they find one red fiber on her shirt good and they're able to match that with the FBI and they're like, holy crap, you guys are idiots. This this chick knows what she's saying. She's She was kidnapped by our murderer. And so now the FBI is on her completely. They're, they're working with her. They put her in protection because they realize her family's full of crap. And they go down to the grandma's house and they arrest the, the uh, what do you call it? The, uh, the, the boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah. The and the grandma, him. right? Yeah. No, they don't get the grandma, but they get the the guy in rape. That is stupid. I'd have to, I'd at least shoot her out or something. That's child endangerment. Yep. Well, they they do get the mother though. They uh they go after the mother and they retake the kids, her sister, uh because the the, the child endangerment and the way that he was that she was treating uh Lisa. So they they confiscate her two younger sisters from her as well. So they go after sure. the, the the mom too. All this at the same time, they're looking for the murderer. They're they're making sure Lisa's taken care of. Did they take care of the female detective? I'd have fired him. They're not fired him, but I'd have, I'd have... I would have fired them. They're not doing their job. They're already accusing her of lying, and she could have been dead. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And and they and they pretty much the that's what burned uh, the, the detective. He was pissed off because he's like, you know that that was our you know she wound up being the reason why we caught this dude. And you know, spoiler alert. But Lisa, you know, if if they had pushed her aside completely. And he wasn't called, you know, that dude might have gotten away with, you know, a lot longer. Mm. So, um, you know, while this is all going on, they have her in protective custody. Um, the detective says, uh, you you said you remember how many stairs were on that place. Do you, do you kind of when you were blindfolded, were you paying attention where you're going? She says, yes. Um, she goes, I can I can remember because I was upside down and I was looking outside the window. And she's like, do you remember where you were picked up? She's like, yeah. So the police actually took a car down, had her in the back seat of the car, and they had her just focus, like close your eyes and remember everything that happened. So where she was picked up, she remembered how many street lights before the car would turn, mm-hmm. which way it would turn, the sound of railroad tracks, 
And then, like, she literally took them to dude's apartment. Get out! Yeah, she, she all by mind. This was at nighttime, the whole hot nine yards, but somehow, because of what she was looking at, streetlights. Hey, so she, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, she. so she took them there, right? Mm-hmm. And when they got a search warrant for for the for the guy or they they were working on a search warrant sorry and um they realized who it was they found him in the red light district the next day the FBI found him trying to get a prostitute and the FBI agent said hey you know what we're looking for a stolen car your car kind of matches and um you know or or a robbery can I just take a picture of you just in case because you kind of fit the description so Bobby says, "Oh yeah, yeah, you know, because it's robbery. He's not, he's not thinking they're onto him for anything else." And so, mm-hmm. detective takes a picture of him, and then he drives off. But they have another car follow him. They're like, "Hey, make sure he doesn't pick up another woman." And so, while they're doing that, they bring the car back with a picture, develop it, show it to Lisa, and Lisa's like, "That's him. That's him." So they they know now that that's the dude. So the the search warrant goes through. And they wind up uh, picking him up while he's downtown. At the same time, they search his place. And the upstairs part, the detective says, oh, my God, it is 21 steps. Like Lisa said, it was 21 steps upstairs to that room. And so then when they get up to the room, she's there uh, or she's in the car. And he remembers that she left a blood mark, left a ring in, in the bathroom. So they're searching for it. And sure enough, they see the Adidas shoes sitting in the bathroom blood mark behind it that she left with her finger they search behind the toilet and there's her ring wow so they know that she was there they know that this was a dude that did all that stuff you know i gotta give her a, i got a little flaw for her on that one that's survival that's, that's bravery right, right there exactly and then at the same time the fbi has his that's car killed. and the fbi is looking in his car and they find the freaking red fibers all over that thing that's the carpet. Wow. So that ties everything together. So as as we move on in the case, uh, obviously he uh, when they he's he's arrested, you know she's exonerated. She winds up getting placed in uh, foster care for uh, one of the detectives' um, wives winds up raising her the final year or two to get her back on on track and uh so as she's as she becomes you know she's straightening out her life homeboy's in jail um he gets he obviously uh is you know they have six murders on him plus the 50 rapes or more um he's going to get the lethal injection uh but by but what happens is is uh before he's you know he tries to plea out basically he tries to plea out and say hey you know what i can give you more information they're like well you're going to get the death penalty and what happens is is when they do some investigating they find out that there's two more bodies that they can link to him and he cops to two more bodies and they realize he killed 10 total dang Dang, man yeah he killed 10 so Bobby Joe Long, in the end, was convicted uh, and sentenced to death uh, and was murdered. Uh, well, not murdered. <laughs> he was put to death May 23rd, 2019, 
by a lethal injection. Also, he recently got, well, not recently, but not too long ago. Yeah, just a couple years ago, um, he was put to death. And uh, the, the real twist in this one is the fact that Lisa, despite her terrible, terrible um, abuse growing up, and, you know, basically only keeping in contact now with her sisters because her dad was never in the picture. Her mom is nowhere. You know, she abandoned her mom a long time ago. Her grandma, I think, has since passed. Um, but she said screw her, too, and everyone else in the family. Um, she began uh, She began to, uh, let's see, because in 1985, uh, after the case and he was convicted, she began to think hey you know what i i want to be a police officer and so yeah she um went to college and then when she got out of college in 1994 uh she began working for the hillsborough county um police department and uh and then she was transferred to the sheriff's department in hillsborough and uh now since 2004 she's been a sergeant and a high-ranking officer in the police department in Tampa, Florida. So she's, wow. she's still a police officer to this day. And uh, wow. she, she, uh, her father figure was that detective. They're still, they still keep in contact and they visit each other all the time. And uh, especially on holidays. So there's a good twist to the end of this story. Dang. Yep. Wow. Poor girls. The stuff she went through, but her bravery, man, Yep, yep. Commendable. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, she was taken down. I mean, if it wasn't for her memory and, and you know, remembering everything that she went through. And I, I left out the part, too, where she took police to that tree where he left her, too. Oh, and, yeah? Yeah, and they actually found the tire treads at that park, too. So they knew that he was there. I mean, her whole story was collaborated. And that's why when she wanted to be a, a detective or a police officer, because they're like, man, you have such a great memory. You've been through a lot. And she works, she works to this day with victims of rape and stuff like that. So she's doing, she's doing the Lord's work as they like to say. I hope when she got promoted, she, she fired those two. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Man, dude, like you would think as a woman. Yeah. You, you would, would be a little more, more sympathetic towards uh, another woman who said she's been raped. Mm-hmm. That's jacked up, man. Yep. But I mean, they had the more. same mindset as the grandma. They were just like, ah, you're just you're hoeing around. You're with your friends. You're just looking for attention. Exactly, and, and that's a lesson for us because you know you have some teenagers and and kids who you just judge them off bat just because, you know, I don't know. She probably looked a certain way or was dressed a certain way. You automatically judge them. Mm-hmm. So lesson for us. Don't judge a book by its cover. Exactly. You know, so, so you know, a sad story, but a happy ending in a, in a sense for uh, Lisa. Exactly. I mean, it, it worked out, you know, because um, otherwise, I mean, this, this would have been a, a big time tragedy. You know, but uh, it's like, and, and that was the thing. They were they were hoping that those were the only six, you know, bodies that were you know mm-hmm. a part of everything. But to find out there was four more, uh, that was really tough for the community too. They lost ten people, ten women. So, and you, and you know what's interesting that 
he couldn't have plead for insanity because he showed a sign of normality because every normal person would love a relationship you know man and woman whatever whatever it may be mm-hmm. everybody wants that companionship right mm-hmm. so a same insane person probably wouldn't have felt that when she was uh you know telling him things that he wanted to hear and and play mind tricks on so yeah he'd have been like nah i just want you know if you were insane so that showed that despite his head injuries and all that he knew what he was doing yeah exactly and and kudos to her for being so damn smart i mean Mm -hmm. i mean yeah because if she hadn't kept calm and not panicked she wouldn't have been able to do all that yep yep panic does not allow you to think and you're just who would have counted the lights? Where are we thinking? Where are you going? Counting the steps, leaving hints as to for people to know you were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At first, I thought she did that in case she died or was murdered. They, you know, hey, here's some evidence. But it was, you know, she probably did on both meanings, like in case that did happen. But but because she was so smart, she used that to um, to her advantage eventually to catch him. So smart for her kudos to her wow. yeah because because she might have thought too that that you know she was gonna get her I, I don't think she thought he was the murderer i think maybe like you know she thought eventually she'd be let go and then yeah she could place him there or whatnot or herself there but either way i mean to have that kind of um mindset to do that is in, incredible you know incredible mm-hmm. so hats off to her Wow. We need to interview her, Todd. Yeah, I think so. I need to. I need to call her up, and we, we can get on here and pick her brain about that. That would be great. <laughs> That'd be that's crazy. That would be great. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bobby got what he deserved. Yes, he did. <laughs> you know, in my view, he did not. <laughs> well, he got death. Uh, I don't care. Uh, yeah, he got what he deserved as far as getting death, but he didn't get the death he deserved. Well, yeah, that's it. yeah, true. And true. the guy who was raping her, and her stupid grandma, and her stupid mother—all of them should have had punishment. Yep, yep. If I made the laws, it would be very bad because they'd all be tortured. Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah, that's the problem. Uh, like again, like with what she said, you know, obviously it's not California. You had the uh, what is it called the. Uh, What's that guy? The, Ronnie Acala, the famous serial killer in California. Another one. He just died in prison, but not because of his death penalty that was given to him decades ago, but just because the moratorium on death penalty and he, you know, they're not going to put anybody to death. Um, he was a dating game killer. Um, if you ever want to research that one, the, uh, that's a good story. But he, um, he uh, basically died of natural causes which sucks. He should have been put to death. And mm-hmm. and this guy, um, you know, Bobby Joe Long in Florida, although they killed him, it took 34 years to do it. So that's kind of messed up too. Uh, I'm with Gabby. I, I would, you know, if he's found guilty, you got all that stuff on him. Just why is he in prison that long? Just give him maybe four or five years. Let him, let him do real quick appeals. And if you're still found super, super duper guilty, off with his head, off with his nuts, whatever you got to do, just kill him. <laughs> yeah, start with the nuts and then go out to the head. <laughs> See right Both heads, please. <laughs> I know Gabby's thing was, was hit the thing with a gavel and be like, two heads are better than one. And they already know what she's talking about. 
disgusting looking too. Yeah, we're looking him up right now, and uh, my goodness. Yep. <laughs> I would not trust that man's face at all. Yep, yep. And he had that uh, 1980s porn stash too, so that's. He did. Been a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he did, man. Now, if his name was Bobby Leroy, I bet none of them would have gotten your car. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Uh, Leroy, I can't take that right. Leroy, uh, I can't take that right. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, Matt. <laughs> Damn it, Todd. <laughs> what Matt said. You ain't right. <laughs> Sorry. You ain't right, man. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, we'll close it here. We'll close it here. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been the story of Bobby Joe Long. And uh, that was finishing part. That was part two. Mm -hmm. Bobby Joe. So so we're signing off. But before we do, we're going to just recap and let you guys know where you can find us. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in the Grinding True Crime Podcast. And there you can find us. And if you just want to listen to us, go on Podbean, Spotify, Anchors, iTunes, and Pandora. And for those who are listening to us outside of the country, which we really appreciate, we want you guys to know you can find us on Podchaser, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. And if there's any other uh, uh, pod, uh, podcast streams that you can find us on outside of the country, leave us a message. That way we can announce it. Yep. Also, uh, we have merchandise. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what was it? Uh, Red Republic, right? Yeah, Red Bubble. I'm sorry. I got Red Bubble, I'm sorry. Message on here. <laughs> yeah, redbubble.com uh, under Todd Fox 80 for now, but you'll find all the Grinding True Crime stuff. If you want a shower curtain with Grinding True Crime, it's on there, but we have pillows, freaking, <laughs> I mean, ob- obscure stuff, but we have shirts, we have pencils, we have uh, phone cases, all kinds of stuff on there, and it's for good prices, and it goes to helping the show grow. So, yes. I need yeah. me a mug. I need me one too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, this is uh, Maddie Matt, along with our narrator for today, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show, Gabby. And we are signing off. Toodles. Peace. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> <laughs>